So uh, before I came down here to the old podcast dungeon, um, <laughs> Amy asked me, she goes, who's on your show this week? And I said, Moltz. <laughs> and she goes, ugh. <laughs> and I, tell, I just tell her I said hi, too. <laughs> I gave her a look and she laughed. You know, she just gave that great Amy laugh. And she goes, honestly, I don't know why I did that. I love Moltz. <laughs> She goes, actually, of all the boring people you have on your show, Moltz is one of the few I like to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, she just, want to, she just doesn't want to listen to me talk, that's all. Like, she doesn't, you know. It was a very we'll funny get a drink, but, you know, it was just like listen to me talk for like two hours or whatever. There, no. There's literally nobody who I could say who's on my show that she wouldn't go. Uh, <laughs> let's give that reaction to. <laughs> I bet she wouldn't do it to Serenity. <laughs> no, no, probably not. And uh, you know, maybe not if I had if I had somehow got Ryan Johnson back on the show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, well. still kind of amazing. <laughs> that's isn't that still kind of amazing? That's still oh, that's really mind. amazing. I tell I tell people like I'm sometimes on the podcast on a podcast that Ryan Johnson was on. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you know, I wasn't on this at the same time as he was, but. <laughs> Oh, now I've mentioned it. Now I have to put it in the show notes and I have to dig it up. It's there's I, I'm so late. I, I'm getting bad at, at at just crossing things off my to do list. Do you, do you find that you're more organized or less organized or the same as, as when you were younger? Uh, probably about the same, which is I, not, I not sus- great. I suspect that I'm getting worse. Like I've been meaning to put these old episodes from when I was on the mule quote unquote network into my RSS feed for the show so that they're there because I have them all. They're not lost and you can mm-hmm. get them now at the internet archive, which is such a wonderful resource. Um, but right now it's, you know, they're not really there. So I've had, <laughs> I'm so proud of it. I had Ryan Johnson on my podcast and right now that episode, uh, at the peak, oh, of, you can't get that one, not through the feed. You have to go through yeah. like the internet archive. Uh, okay. I really ought to fix that. <laughs> That, that that would be way I would think that would be one that people would want to hear. The first one with me on it, you know, don't don't worry about that one. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I I I just I think I'm just rocketing. To, I don't you know. I don't think I've had a shortage of crotchetiness, but I just feel like I'm getting an angry old man at at a frightening clip. Like I, today, mm-hmm. I had to go to the bank and. Uh, Daring Fireball is a LLC, and uh, every couple of weeks, I write a check to myself. And it's all a little bit confusing because I'm signing a check, John Gruber, to John Gruber, and sure. then endorsing it on the back as John Gruber. And John it all Gruber. feels a little, <laughs> it, it all feels a little shady. You know what I mean? Like it just right. seems like I don't even yeah. know what check kiting is, but it seems like maybe that's it. I go, uh, and it, it, it took like 15 minutes. It's like, I had to wait in the line or as they say, in New York, you have to do, you do, you do this, like you have to do this physically and you have to go. I do because my bank has like a stupid small limit on what you can deposit electronically. Like I can't, we can't deposit more than like a $500 check or a $300 check electronically you oh I, I have to and so really what the, the long story short is i should find a new bank is <laughs> what yeah. i should do yeah uh it also seems weird and maybe there is a better way maybe i'm just a big dummy you know that there should be you know my business account and my personal account are at the same bank and maybe there's a better way than writing a check i, I don't know i, I guess yeah. 
I, I, I have, I'm, I'm a sole proprietor, so I just, you know, <laughs> it all pretty much almost <laughs> goes into the same pot. I mean, I have separate accounts, but it doesn't really, right. doesn't really matter as much for that situation. Um, but, but like even my, my, my uh, credit union has a great iOS app and um, they don't, you know, I mean, like I've deposited checks of like, man, a lot. <laughs> Vast sums of money. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> not seems that, not that much, but yes, <laughs> it just seems like it would. Be, I, I got to look into it. I'm just it, but it's just one another one of those items on my to do list. Like, figure out how mm-hmm. to do banking better, and it's like mm-hmm. just vague enough that it never really feels like today's the day where I'm <laughs> going to spend all day banking. Yeah, yeah. but it well, made, that's, a, that's that's always the thing with the, with the stuff that sticks down right on the bottom of the list is like that that stuff tends to just never get done. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, what else is new? You, you, a, you order a HomePod? I did not order a HomePod. I'm I'm uh, I'm waiting to hear. Uh, I I my 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 use case is pretty specific for it. I think because I don't I don't picture. I don't know. We don't sit in the living room and listen to music that much. Right. Maybe we would if we had one. But um, we I actually listen to music mostly in the kitchen. And I've already got a Sonos in the kitchen, uh, which I like, and. My, so my use case for the thing is uh, probably like more like a like a sound bar for the for the TV. And I so don't, I, I don't wanna, know that I want to hear how that, that works. Right. That's well. See, that's the thing. I mean, right now I'm not sure that it is because it's just AirPlay One. Right. And I don't really trust AirPlay One very much. <laughs> so I haven't. I have not had a great experience with AirPlay One. Right. Like that's one of the. It's it's an interesting product, and I feel like the the, the ways that everybody is, the complaints that everybody has about it are it, it's it just feels like we're on a merry-go-round. It's the same thing mm-hmm. every time Apple releases any product, right? Like it doesn't have any input other than AirPlay, so you can talk to it, and it'll if you have Apple Music, it'll play the music from the your cloud. <laughs> And otherwise, you can airplay to it. It's an airplay speaker, and that's it. Yeah. There is no line in, as as, as uh, right. the audiophiles would say. And people, some people seem irrationally angry about that. Uh, <laughs> it, but there are other products that have line in, you know. So I don't know. I'm not quite sure why people are angry. And it dropping everything except the wireless over the air connection feels like a very Apple thing to do. Yeah. Definitely. I could definitely. And that's not, I mean, I wouldn't, that's not something like, where do you, I don't know. I, mean, yeah, I guess you could put, you could put a physical line from your TV or something in. Right. I mean, you're not, you're not going to hook up your iPhone. Right. Uh, for us. So I ordered one uh, <clears throat> and it was funny because I didn't know if it was going to be like a midnight thing. They just said it was going on sale Friday. Um and so I thought maybe like the phone, it would have to be at like 3 a.m. Eastern, midnight mm-hmm. Pacific time. So I stayed up and I was very tired uh, <laughs> and it nothing happened. You know, there right. was no way to buy. And I waited like 20 minutes and I was, it, it was I mean, like there, I really didn't have a choice. I could either like go upstairs and go to bed and fall asleep or I would fall asleep right there on the couch because the lights were going out. Uh, woke up in the morning and it was on sale and doesn't seem like there's any kind of shortages or anything. No, it's still delivery February 9th. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessarily a sign of 
poor sales. I think that because all the rumors I had heard from multiple little birdies were that the entire holdup versus, you know, why it was late from last instead of shipping as promised in, uh, I shouldn't say promised, but as intended before the end of the calendar year 2017 was software, quote unquote Mm -hmm. software. I don't know if it was, if it's the software on the, that runs on the, in the home pod. I don't know if it's the software in the servers that connects, you know, makes all the Apple music stuff work. Um, just software, but that may, you know, that would explain why the hardware is shipping in quantity. Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, right now I don't expect it to be that, um, sought after really. Right. right. <laughs> I, I mean, cause it does seem like, you know, it's a fairly expensive device and particularly for the category. And it seems like, like for me, it's something that you might want to read a few reviews of before you pull the trigger on. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Um, uh, Renee was on the last episode and we talked about it. I do think it's funny. I mean, even the name, AirPod and HomePod, I'm probably going to slip up and call the damn thing AirPod twice during the show. Um, But I think they're obviously intended as siblings, right? One is the little, Mm -hmm. little guys that go in your ears and one, you know, sits on your countertop or your tabletop. Uh, uh, But they're so similar in spirit. And I kind of feel like, the way that like when AirPods first came out, now they were hard to get. They were, they were very, uh, you know, were delayed and weren't available, widely available. But I feel like you see them more and more these days. And I just feel like that's the yeah. sort of, that's the sort of uptake. I, if HomePod is successful and, and I think that's, what's interesting about it is to me, it's a huge if I really, this is a very hard to predict. It's very hard for me to predict how this is going to do. But if it is a hit, I don't think it'll be an instant hit. I think it'll be the sort of thing where somebody gets it and then you're over at their house and you hear it and you see yeah. how, how easy, you know, it's fun to just tell it to, you know, Hey, dingus play, whatever. <laughs> and it works. Uh, that like that's how it was with TiVo for for me and Amy. Like I remember when I first went to work at Barebone Software back in two thousand, Rich Siegel uh, invited us to his house for dinner because we just moved from Philadelphia up to Massachusetts. Went to his house, and I, I specifically remember it must have been the fall because the Yankees were in the playoffs, and there was so we watched a bit of baseball. Uh, but we were blown away by TiVo. We were like, "Holy cow!" Like I'd heard of it. I had I knew mm-hmm. the basic idea, and you could fast forward commercials and pause it, whatever. But once you saw it, it's like, oh my God, this is nothing like uh, what I, like a VCR, right? And we went out the next morning and bought a TiVo. Like, I feel like HomePod could be like that for some people. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain, I mean, there's certain things that you kind of just have to get. Um, I remember we were talking about, um, before the, when the Shuffle came out, um, we had our friend Albert over for dinner and we were sitting around talking and Karen said something derogatory about the shuffle. Like she just thought it was stupid and we had some music playing and he said, he was like, well, it's just, you know, plays, it plays a shuffle list. And he's just like, yeah, I think that's dumb. That's all, that's all it does. And she, and he said, what are you playing right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It's a shuffle list. (laughs) And that's almost always what we play. Right. Um, and so I got a shuffle when it came out. (laughs) Um, It is funny too, it's because when it, when we were kids, everything you couldn't shuffle. There was no way to shuffle. Oh yeah, uh, everything was you sequential. The, you had to hit the fast forward button on the tape thing to go to the next song, right? Uh, <laughs> Which would chew up your tape half the time, right? So I, you know, I can spend 
opening thing of the show complaining uh, that I spent five minutes at a bank. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, I spent my entire youth rewinding and fast forwarding (laughs) cassette tapes to listen to music and never thought twice about it. Did you ever have 8-track? No, I never had 8-track. We had a car. We had one car that had 8-track in it um, briefly, I think. I think it like broke down really quickly, and, and we ended up not having it for more than like a year or something like that. Um, and I just – I don't even know how that worked, but it was just – it was very strange. Like it was, I, think, I think it was – yeah, I guess it was just eight, eight separate – it was like tape, but it was eight separate tracks at once, and you could just flip between songs. That's one, and it might just the, pick up a song midway yeah. through, depending on. I, I, I isn't isn't it the case too that eight track was had much higher fidelity than cassette tapes? I think it might have. Yeah, I mean it, the name alone makes it seem like it did, but and and because cassette tapes were just terrible, just absolutely dreadful <laughs> technology. They were they they didn't have they didn't sound great. They were. You had to rewind yeah. and fast forward them. They were, but you could make your own. You could make your own playlist, basically. right? Exactly. I mean, that was the that was the hook. I, that was I, the thing to get about that. You know, I mean, that was like you know, it created a whole. I mean, creating a play a playlist, creating a mixtape for somebody. Yeah, that was a I, whole thing. I used to, <laughs> I used to have. I'd be listening to the radio, and I would have a t- tape in my player ready to go, and then every time it got to the end of a song, I would move my hand over just in case the next song was a good one. And then I, if it was, I would hit record and want to get it, you know. And so I had these tapes where I had all this music I'd taped off FM radio, and the beginning of every song is sort of like that, that like... Oh, cut off? Cro- or either cut off or like the cross fade between songs, you know, mm-hmm. like... It, 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 <laughs> I and, and those, yeah, were the, those were the days. Those were the days. That's what kids. Boy, I, boy, are we getting old? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me take a break here and thank uh, thank our first sponsor. It is a brand new sponsor. Very excited about these folks. RX Bar. Uh, that's spelled exactly like you think. R X B A R. RX Bar. Um, it it's like little energy bars. Food. But it's real food and really simple ingredient list, and it tastes really good. I've had a couple of them. They're actually really good. Uh, they have sweet ones, savory ones, chocolate, fruit flavors. They're, there's RX Bar flavors for you. Um, 11 different flavor varieties. They are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no artificial colors, uh, no artificial flavors, uh, preservatives or fillers. Nope. Uh, They put egg white in some of them for protein. Uh, They use dates to bind, nuts for texture, and they are great for a number of occasions. Breakfast on the go, snack at the office, uh, keep one in your bag for the plane. I love eating a bar on a plane because I, you know, it's such a great thing to keep in your bag. Because uh, then you don't have to remember to get one at the airport. You can just have it in there already. Great after, uh, either before or after a workout. Um, and egg white protein in particular is stands out as an exceptional source of protein. Uh, very easy for your body to absorb. Um, I've had a couple of these. I like them a lot. Um, uh, I didn't know what dates tasted like. I don't remember if I've ever eaten dates. <laughs> Ends up, dates are great. Dates are great. Dates are 
amazing. They're really good. <laughs> They're really, really good. So you get the convenience of a bar where you just look. Oh, you don't have to cook anything. You just open it up and you eat it. But it tastes really great. And it's not like you're eating like a candy bar. This is not junk food. There's no added sugar, like I said. Um, you can get 25% off your first order. That's a lot. Uh, you could save a lot of money. Go to rxbar.com slash talk show. And enter that code TALKSHOW at checkout to save 25%. Really excited about this sponsor. I find uh, – uh, uh, do you buy a lot of stuff online? I buy so much. We don't, I, it's like it's gotten to the point – Amy and I went shopping last weekend. And we were like, you know what? When's the last time we went shopping together? Like just browsing oh, around. We, like like we, out, yeah. Like mm-hmm. you just don't do it. Well, yeah. We certainly don't – I mean we don't do it together anymore. Right. It's like too much crap to do. <laughs> like, no, you go do that. I got to go do this other thing. I don't know how picky they're going to be. I'm going to the. I'm supposed to tell you what my favorite RX bar that I've tried so far. I haven't tried all eleven, but I will tell you that the one I like the best so far is chocolate sea salt. I love that chocolate good. And salt. Oh, chocolate and salt go so well together. Yeah, yeah. yeah used- I don't know. I don't know when I found out that dates were dates. Like, I mean, I would have thought for years that dates. Oh God, I don't want to eat a date. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think we got this cereal, this some like nut crunch thing um, that had dates, and I was like, man, these are really good. I, I don't. I don't know where I got the idea. I got the idea that they were like prunes or something. Right. And, right. And, well, they're dried, but that's but it's well, dried I've, dates. I mean, they're, yeah. And the only other thing I remember about dates, of course, is the great scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Maybe that – I wonder if that had a bad effect on, uh, I think on date it, sales. I, I think it might have poisoned <laughs> my brain. For those of you who don't recall, there's there's a, a, a monkey who's bedeviling Indiana Jones throughout the movie and uh, an assassin comes in to kill Indiana Jones and pour some poison on some dates. Spoiler and, alert. Yeah. Yeah. And then the monkey eats a date. And you, and I'll leave the pun up to your imagination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, dates amazing. File that under forty some years of uh, wasted opportunity. <laughs> it's true. Like how much stuff else out there that I'm supposed to have been eating for the last thirty years that I just have filed away as uh, something I don't like. I don't know. There's a few things. I mean, I think there's a few things that I don't like that I, but I definitely know I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> like I've tried them. I've tried them recently. I don't think, I don't think there's a thing that I've had for ever. Um, I'm not crazy about cherries. I've never been crazy about cherries just because um, that was like always the flavor of medicine mm. Mm. when I was a kid. And so I always sort of associate it with some like, oh God, I got to take this crap um, because I'm sick. Uh, but my, my, my new, my new exception is, um, uh, liquor soaked cherries are really good. <laughs> you get in a drink, yeah, you know, and yeah. they're like, they're really dark and they're full of like bourbon or something. Yeah. So not like a, not like a maraschino cherry you're talking yeah, no, about. Not like, like a, no, not like a maraschino cherry, but like a, like a liquor infused cherry. Yeah. Uh, that does I'll sound eat good. those. That does sound good. Um, Friend of the show, uh, Scott Simpson is is a, you, as you probably remember, is a very very big fan of the Maraschino cherry. Mm, yes, right. What was the drink that the that the boys made? They made uh, the Aunt Nancy. Remember? Isn't that? <laughs> oh yeah, is it from the show? Yeah, from uh, yeah. you look nice today. The boys right, came right. up with their signature cocktail of the podcast. I believe an Aunt Nancy is quote a fistful of Maraschino cherries, <laughs> and then makers 
maker's mark to garnish. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think so. That sounds familiar. And I Scott does good. it it fits because Scott has a knack of finding the worst bars. Yes. Um possible. He he you would go to a town with Scott and he will just instinctively um wander into the most horrible bar you could find. And not not horrible in like oh my god it's a terrible dive um but just crappy like um yep. you know TGI Fridays kind of bar. Yep. Yep. Uh, like a like a TGI Fridays that uh, hasn't been inspected in a few years. <laughs> And which is which is to say a TGI Friday, right? And it's, the town, they, everybody, everybody in whatever town it is, just assumes it's been closed for a while, so they haven't sent an inspector. Uh, yeah, I've been out with him. I've been out with him, and he literally will order a drink with a fistful of maraschino cherries, and then the bartender <laughs> will you know start plopping like two or three in. And and Scott is so great; it's not he's not like he's bossing them and telling them what to do. He's like, oh no no, I'm so sorry. Uh, I literally meant a fistful. Put put a whole fistful in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a good way of getting a snack while you're. Yeah. Well, that's part of his. You thing. know, you get a free, like, you know, you might have to pay for a bowl of uh, pretzels or something. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> that's just part of the drink. <laughs> they charge extra for that. Uh, HomePod we were talking about. So people, some yeah. people uh, got access last week. Apparently a friend of the show, Serenity Caldwell had a write up at uh, I'm more. Um, I think it was Brian Heater had a write-up at TechCrunch. Seems like people like it. It sounds like what people got was sort of a similar demonstration as the one we had at back at WWDC where they were, had side-by-side comparisons. Um, but including now the Google Home Max, which is actually $400, more than a HomePod. Not sure what to say, though, if without me having heard one. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, though. So it it doesn't, I mean, it sounds like there's a few things to pull out of some of this information, just that it it will play, you don't have to have Apple Music, per se. No, Because it'll play iCloud Music Library stuff that's subscribed to um, via iTunes Match. Yes, it was a surprising source of confusion. Uh, And I really do think entirely Apple's fault. I mean, and it's all Mm -hmm. straightened out now, I think, and certainly it will be straightened out before people get these HomePods. But there was, it was like in their fervor to emphasize Apple Music and encourage people, you know, that that the two things go hand in hand, you know, that if you have HomePod, you'll love Apple Music. And if you have Apple Music, you'll love a HomePod. Um, it seemed to get, it almost came out as though the only thing it could play was Apple Music. And that is not not the case. So if you have like iTunes Match and mm-hmm. I, or I, whatever it's called, it's there's a lot of different things there. But iCloud Music Library, isn't yeah. that what it's called? Yep. So if you have iCloud Music Library and you have songs... Uh, you know, like bootlegs or just for whatever reason, music that's not in iCloud or, or iTunes Store or Apple Music, it'll play it. And you don't have to airplay it to do it. You can just tell Siri and she'll play it. Which yeah. is as you would expect. You would like I wrote on Daring Fireball when it when it sounded like maybe it didn't work, that it was kind of confounding because the entire stack is Apple's. Like they're not you know what I mean? I I iTunes is Apple's thing, so it it ought to work. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. <laughs> and it, apparently, it, it well, it's at least supposed to. So, you know, how well it works, we'll have to see. But it does, it does work. Yeah. 
and then you can you know you can airplay from whatever you can airplay from yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to it. i've said this before but we have uh, we have the amazon echo in our kitchen and um you know amy spends a lot of time there it's you know it's like a nice room it's got a big island thing in the middle you can hang out uh uh and you know she listens to music on the echo and i think it sounds terrible you know i don't know how much better <laughs> right like i don't know how much better homepod really will sound compared to an amazon echo in our kitchen you know i remember the demo i got at wwdc and it clearly sounded better i mean but you know and and you know it, to to amazon's credit they don't really bill it as a as yeah being a music yeah, and thing. It's, it's, it's clearly way cheaper too right it is way cheaper um <clears throat> it is a lot more like sort of like a good clock radio type thing um yeah. but for us and you know it really was you know we we were on the cusp thinking about getting a sonos uh back when they announced it and so put it off we're like well, we'll wait for this thing um so i'm looking forward to it so we'll definitely have one in the kitchen. Whether we like it enough that I'll get one for my office, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and well, I mean, I think. Well, yeah, those are separate zones, right? So you wouldn't be trying to play no. necessarily the same stuff to each to no. both of them at no. the same time. No, because I, I, that you can't that you can't do until you get airplay too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's a weird thing too. Like, so you can't do multi-room audio. That would be like playing like for a party or something playing mm -hmm. the same song in multiple rooms at the yeah. same synchronization. Right. And, and that's the thing, that's the thing I could see us doing. Um, I think that we, because currently we just like, we have a party, we play the music from the Sonos in the kitchen. Um, and most people, frankly, it's a party. Most people hang out in the kitchen for, right. you know, whatever reason. Um, but, uh, you know, I would think that we would want to, you know, have it in the living room too. Yeah. Uh, I'm still curious how they're going to do it in the stores. I, I, I really am it it cuz it's mm -hmm. those apple stores are so noisy and yeah. and acoustically are seem like nightmares because it's hard floors hard tables i, I don't i think the walls are hard aren't they a lot of them have like the it just glass front you know yeah. a big it just sounds like a loud yeah, and, echoey. and like a wide open thing to the mall right so yeah, I, you know I, I'm really curious about that. And, you know, as usual, Apple is, you know, they don't, <laughs> they won't tell you. <laughs> well, they'll, we'll find out when they're in the stores, what, whether they're actually, you know, who knows, maybe that you won't really be able to play them. Uh, it just seems weird. It seems like a hard product to sell given their, they let you play with the Apple TV. Yeah, but that's not noisy, right? Yeah, Apple no, TV. I know. I mean, I know. Yeah. But I mean, I was wondering about that at the time too, how they were going to, demonstrate that but they just have it there and you yeah you know and, it. and it's like a different retail setup you yeah. know you could have like a fake living room you know like when you go to ikea there's you know they have little fake kitchens and you can pretend mm -hmm. like you live here and i don't see how apple could do that effectively it, yeah. in the apple store well i'm sure you've been to i mean years going back in time again those stereo stores where they have the sealed off rooms so yeah because that, that was all you know like you buy <clears throat> you buy the components separately and get you know you get your tape deck you get your um receiver and then then you gotta buy the speakers and you gotta right. go into the room to try the speakers out because you gotta get the <laughs> right 
And they would have like a little, uh, like an apparatus where they could switch, you know, like, uh, they wouldn't have yeah. to plug and unplug them. They'd have like a little, uh, mm-hmm. ABCD yeah. type thing and they could turn a dial yeah. and, and I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know of any place that does that anymore. Maybe there are places in big, bigger cities than, than where I live, but but the but the one place that they do have stuff like that still is um like the car stereo places. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they would, wouldn't they? Yeah, cuz I was in one of those like a few years ago and that that business seems like it's still still relatively the same. Because the aftermarket car <laughs> stuff, you know, people people still do that a lot. I mean, they I guess people still do speakers too, but uh, probably less than they used to because it seems like people are switching to these these sort of connected devices that yeah. are yeah somebody was just telling me I, I i knew i knew that it was a thing i was it somehow i don't forget if it was on my podcast or where but somehow it came up where i was t- talking about the fact that we have a our one car is a 2006 and and therefore pre is <laughs> it was mm-hmm. predates not just the iphone but it was also it didn't even have the 30 pin connector like the 2007 models came with a 30 pin connector and i remember thinking like man that would have been sweet and it's like we've had this car so long <laughs> we've had this car so long where i went from having a pang of jealousy that we didn't have a 30 pin connector to hook up like an ipod uh to now being wow did we dodge a bullet on that one yeah right <laughs> like all those hotels that have the uh but anyway somebody mentioned it. connector yeah somebody plots. mentioned that you can go to one of those car stereo places and get like a, a car play set up like you don't have to you know it, it i guess this all came up in the aftermath of the bmw thing mm-hmm. where bmw was rumored to, to begin charging 80 dollars a year just to keep your car play working uh and somebody said that you can just go to and buy an aftermarket CarPlay thing, and that a lot of them are better because the car makers don't yeah, screw. Yeah, maybe them. that's what I should do eventually. God, I wonder how that works with like. It seems like all these. These, I mean, like you know, I now have an integrated screen in the car, so I got a new car a couple years, three years ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, but prior to that, I had a. T- <laughs> you know, you know, you need to have your car get you. You have to have your um, stereo get stolen. That's what you yeah. need. That's what happened. <laughs> I guess that's what so. happened to me. <laughs> Uh, and then I got because I had a, I had the tape deck thing where you just you know like you put I had a tape deck and you push that thing into the tape deck to play, um, you know, and then it's just a wire that you connected to your iPhone or yeah, that's what iPod. we've got. I've got that's what yeah. we've got. <laughs> is that what is that what you're, you're still doing? <laughs> yeah, our car has it. You definitely our, need to get your stereo stolen. <laughs> our car has a, a, like a six disc CD player and a cassette tape player. Uh, yeah. God, I I got, just, mine got stolen and I was like, I, I'm getting Bluetooth. <laughs> it's funny. We've gone in the course of half an hour. We've gone from me thinking cassette tapes were like, like a relic of my childhood <laughs> to me acknowledging Realizing that. Realizing you're still relying on that technology. Right. The car that's right above me right now is still has that technology. <laughs> you should look into that. <laughs> I probably should. Uh <laughs> Go write yourself another check. <laughs> All right. Let me take another break here and thank our next uh, sponsor. It's our good friends at Squarespace. Look, it's a new year. Maybe you've got some, uh, t- you know, to-dos. Maybe one of the things you've you've been meaning to get to is start a new website for something. Maybe it's you want to do a podcast. Maybe you want to start a blog. Maybe you've got... Uh, 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 like online portfolio you want to put together professionally, sort of like have a website 
stand as your resume and, and example of your work. Um, if you need a new website, you should look at Squarespace first. You really should. They handle everything. You can do your domain name registration there. They do all the hosting. You don't have to worry about anything. When something unexpected comes up like this uh, uh, whole meltdown inspector thing, you're you're not stuck being the system administrator updating Linux kernel on your server and restarting it and hoping that everything still works. Squarespace handles all of that technical stuff for you. It's all abstracted behind this behind the scenes and it just works and their hosting is terrific uh it is super fast every squarespace site i've ever seen is super zippy it, everything is really really fast and the interface for doing the creative stuff is so amazingly drag and drop it's almost uh, as somebody who a career ago was building websites professionally when everything had to be done through HTML and CSS, JavaScript, and doing the code. Uh, it, it actually blows me away how WYSIWYG the web can be uh, for dragging elements around. It really feels like almost like using a desktop interface, like a desktop app to design and manage your website. So go check them out. Um, Squarespace. Squarespace.com is where you go. And when you enter the code, talk show, no the, just talk show, one word, at checkout, you will get 10% off. You can go there, get a free trial, use it for a couple of weeks, and then when you pay, remember that code, talk show. Um, I don't have much else to say about HomePod. I feel like we got to get we got to get them before we can talk more about it. Mm-hmm. I had this on my list of topics. Did you hear that the iPhone 10 was canceled? <laughs> I, I had I had heard that. <laughs> this is still it, a thing. It's a, yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> Ming Chi Kuo said, wrote in one of his famous notes that because of weak demand, and he, I think he only said in China. Yeah. Uh, that the iPhone ten would not be continued. And I forget ex- his exact words, but he said something about um, summer right. um, that they would stop. The, right, the gist he of it. He didn't say stop production. He said right. something, he said something vague though. It, 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 Renee and I talked about it last week, but it's the week in the week since it's, it's just now it's just part of the air out there that people right. think the iPhone 10 has been canceled. <clears throat> When what it really was was something something to the effect of if they're not going to keep selling it after the 2018 phones come out, yeah. they'll yeah. stop production at some point in the summer because they'll have enough of them to sell up until September, whatever the date is, September 20th or whatever yeah. it's going to be. You don't stop making them when you stop selling them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then it quickly it quickly the story so spun out of control and became uh it, that they're going to just stop selling them as soon as they stop making them in the summer and that we're going to have like a week's long gap with no iPhone 10. <laughs> and then it quickly changed to their, it being canceled right now <laughs> in January. It is any minute imminent. Like I think I said, I think I saw someone say like, you know, yeah. shortly or imminent or something. And just like, yeah. Um, but in, I mean, within the last few days though, also I've seen a whole bunch of things that said that it's actually selling quite well. <laughs> right. 
And it's all, it's, it's like clockwork. I, uh, every January it comes yeah. at these, these bullshit reports come out that say that, that there's uh production is being, you know, Apple's told its suppliers that it's cutting uh, forecasts. Uh, yeah. and, well, so you, you'd retweeted Ryan Jones, right. Um, who did <laughs> plowed through some of the numbers and, so, so the Wall Street Journal, he says, the Wall Street Journal says iPhone 10 Q2 cut was from 40 million planned to 20 million. And he points out that usually Apple, the last two years, Apple sold about 50 million in that quarter. Right. And does that make, does 40 million for that quarter make any sense whatsoever? Did, did they really, I mean, do you think they really thought that they were going to sell right. like 80% of their sales were going to be the iPhone 10? Right. So no, I mean, it seems like 20 million is actually what it would have realistically been. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, and I think it was ATP tipster. Um, I believe who, um, asked me whether I thought this was malfeasance or, um, are these suppliers just being cherry picked? And, you know, as Apple, like, uh, moves, you know, the, who you know? Who here's the company mm-hmm. that makes the volume buttons, and yeah. they're gonna you know. Tim Cook's figured out that they could save five cents per button if they go to somebody across town, and so they yeah. cut the supplies from Company A and increase the ones from Company B. But Company A has no idea because Apple, of course, is it's probably a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> Because they're so, they're so secretive and they're so good at being secretive. So company A just hears, oh, we don't need as many volume buttons as we thought we would from you anymore. And then they go and blab to somebody that, hey, right. the iPhone 10 they're cutting the production in half. Um, and I, I think it's more malfeasance. I really do. Like, I really do think it's people spreading rumors either for competitive reasons or yeah. like to short the stock right. um, because you, ne- and the reason why is because you never hear from the other suppliers. You never hear uh, some other supplier say, Oh, well I, it sounds to me, it sounds to us like uh, iPhone demand is doubled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> if I want to try to find a way, if I try to, to, you know, devil's advocate, try to try to figure out maybe it, it it could be that the suppliers who get the increased demand, you know, from Apple uh, are so happy about it and they don't want to piss Apple off. So they keep their mouths shut and it's the supplier who Apple cuts the demand mm-hmm. is sour grapes. And then they go and talk to the Wall Street Journal. I, I don't know. I guess that's possible. But it seems to me like if you want, even if you still have 20 million. But it doesn't. I mean, the thing that drives me crazy is like most of this stuff comes from financial analysts right and these and i think i mean i think he does i mean he does a, a pretty good job basically you know as far as they, they all go he does a pretty good job but a lot of these a lot of these guys just they get out there and they say like the craziest i mean like what's his name um uh chowdhury yeah trip i mean trip cool. chowdhury yeah i mean uh, how does that guy <laughs> view his what is his game there in saying the crazy stuff that he does? I mean, I guess he's just, he doesn't, he doesn't care about that, but it just, it seems like if you're a financial analyst, why would you say stuff that is demonstrably wrong all the time? How does that make a good case for people, um, you know, like subscribing to your, 
your material or investing through you. <laughs> right. I, I have no idea. Like I I guess I can see why somebody would want to pay for Ming Chi Kuo's stuff because well, mm-hmm. it seems like he you know, he not perfect, but a lot of his stuff yeah, is I mean, accurate. He's, you know, what, I don't know, sixty, seventy percent. Right. Uh and you can kind of um you can kind of see the you know from his history, you can see which are the type of things he's speculating about and which ones are not. You know what I mean? Like the basically, like if he says something's going on at Foxconn, you can be pretty sure about it. You know, there's some people. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, he's more or less taking Foxconn people out and getting them drunk and and they tell them <laughs> secrets. Uh, <laughs> Those people need a drink too. <laughs> All right. I just I I googled my uh, I I I did a search here for some trip trip claim powdery. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one I wrote in uh, January twenty twelfth January twenty sixteen. So that was two years ago. Uh, trip claim powdery woke up from another bender. <laughs> Garrett Cook reporting for Yahoo Finance last week. In a recent note, Chowdhury called for the, quote, completely clueless, end quote, Tim Cook to be replaced. (laughs) He cited a culture of, quote, bozos, end quote, at Apple, destroying $486 billion in shareholder value under Cook's management. $486 billion. There is hope, though, for Apple's management, and it starts with Jonathan Rubenstein taking over for Cook. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. Cook needs to be replaced, and mercifully noted, Cook can, quote, go back to his operations role. Right. Sure enough, that's that's how that works. So he thinks you just you just get demoted back to the role that you had. <laughs> it wouldn't be humiliating at all. No, no, and you know, and certainly figuring out the um, you know, like his salary and his benefits, that would be very easy. You just you know, roll him back to what he was getting before. <laughs> I forgot that I wrote this. This is so good. So my my quip on this post was. Has anyone considered the possibility that, quote, Trip Chowdhury doesn't actually exist and is really some sort of experiment to test whether the business <laughs> press will question anyone claiming to be an analyst, no matter how inane their statements? <sighs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, I think the famous one was when he said that Apple needed to release a watch within like 60 days or it was going to go out of business. Yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> And he, that guy probably makes a decent living, you know. <laughs> he probably does quite well. I think, uh, and it's clearly—I mean, you know—and so I, I assume that this is some sort of performance art, I, it, right? I mean, he's—they and they definitely do this, you know. They—it's the same thing with like people who like are selling books, um, who will come out and say, you know, like somebody has like some book about the technology, you know, like the top seven tips from smartest managed technology managers in Silicon Valley or something like that. And so they'll, in order to to pump the book, they'll make some crazy claim about Apple and, and, you know, put down at the bottom. So, and you know, I, so-and-so is the author of the new book, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's definitely that going on. And I, I just assume that he has decided somehow that, and some of these other ones have decided that they're, that's going to be their thing. 
I guess so. I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It and doesn't make sense to me either because you sound like an idiot. It, if I were that accurate writing it during Fireball, I, 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 it would be like I'd have like three viewers and one of them would be my, my mom. You know what I mean? Like who would read it? Who would read it? Trip Chowdhury would read it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like if our podcast, if my podcast were as regularly wrong and profoundly <laughs> as that, like wouldn't people be furious? Like if I, if I, if I was railing that Tim Cook is a bozo who needed to be fired, wouldn't people be furious? They'd be like, I cannot listen to this guy anymore. I mean, maybe people think they can't listen to me yeah. anymore, regardless. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's shift from bozos to somebody who's really smart. Did you see this Twitter thread? Uh, a woman who, I guess she'd recently left Apple. Oh, yeah. Bethany Bongiorno. Um, I'm curious what she's working on because she and another longtime uh, Apple employee um, just left and are doing something together. Um, but anyway, she tweeted... Uh, now that she's out of Apple and can talk uh, about uh, the iPad launch. Uh, and she told this great, great story. Um, one, she says that Steve carefully chose the, the La Corbusier, I don't know how to pronounce this, La Le Corbusier chair, but it's mm. that chair that, you know, sort of... Uh, very modern leather chair. Um, but there were a sea of them <laughs> and each one was carried out so he could inspect it in the stage lighting. Did it have the right coloring? Was there wear in the right places? Did it have the right sit? <laughs> when the third party developers were brought in, if this sounds like a nightmare, this is the one part. Oh, yeah. When third party yeah. developers were brought in a few weeks before the event, they were told they were only flying in for the day for a meeting. And when they found out they would be stuck there for weeks, we had to take them to target to get more clothes and other necessities. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Right. I mean, like I see, this is, you know, I think this is kind of ass, you know, like a real jerk move by Apple really. Right. But I mean, I guess if you're the developer, you got to make that decision on the spot and kind of go, well, my family's going to be really angry with me, but, if this, you know, we're going to be on stage at the launch of this freaking device. It makes me wonder whether that's the sort of thing that is different in the post Steve Apple. Like, was it like without Steve Jobs there, mm -hmm. would they really do that? Would they really fly people out thinking it's a one day meeting and then say, look, you have a, here's the opportunity. You have to say yes or no right now. You can spend the next three weeks and build an app for this device. Um, which we're not going to really show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which is like underneath some like thing, right? And, I mean, like right. they were covered up. Right. They were like in a case that disguised the real Stealth industrial cases. designs. Yeah. Uh, and if you do this, we might, we might show your app on stage <laughs> if we like, <laughs> maybe, uh, yes or no. Are you in? That's amazing. Um, let's go to target. So the third-party devs were escorted and monitored at all times. We all signed up for shifts, even on the weekends. They weren't able to bring their phones into the workroom or use Wi-Fi. 
and the iPads were hidden in stealth cases so they couldn't see the industrial design before the event. Um, I, I knew a little bit about this because uh, a friend of mine, Jennifer Brooke, was at the New York Times at the time and actually was on stage at the iPad. You know, the, the New York Times app was shown. Um, so I've heard this same story from her perspective as somebody found oh, out she was spending three weeks in a windowless room at Apple. Oh, <laughs> I think God. that's the other part. I don't think Bethany Bongiorno mentioned that it was windowless because they didn't. Oh, it had to be. <laughs> so nobody, nobody could look in and see an iPad. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> but then here's the one I love. This is the story. I love this. At one point, Steve wanted to turn UI kit elements orange, not just any orange. He wanted a particular orange from the button on a certain old Sony remote. <laughs> we got a bunch of remotes from Sony with orange buttons to try and find the right one. In the end, Steve hated it. It's the greatest. I, I when I retweeted it, I said there are entire books about Steve Jobs that, that have less information. Yeah, than that, that one tweet. That one tweet. I just yeah. love it, and I don't know how close she was to running out of two hundred and eighty characters. Um, but I, it looks it's a pretty long tweet, so I'm guessing it was close. I I don't know if it's forced brevity because she was running out of characters or not, but it's such great writing that it's just this whole saga about this particularly orange and changing the whole interface. And I guess the idea was that instead of like mostly a blue interface of of the iPhone, you know, like when you you know back pre iOS oh. seven, when you would tap um, a row, it would light up blue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like in a UI table view. And I'm guessing that he had it. He uh, he had the idea to to make the iPad like a sort of orange based interface. And I think I had a Sony remote control with the orange that he's talking about. I know I used to have a, a Trinitron, and it did have a very nice orange for the power button. Uh, I kind of think I know which you know maybe not the exact model, but I know the <laughs> the basic vibe of the orange that she's talking about. Uh, and it, I can see how it was a good idea, but I just love that sentence. In the end, Steve hated it. <laughs> just <laughs> never mind. And uh, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that happened a lot. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it happens. It happens in you know, it happens in de- software development. I mean, you know, like you, you spend a bunch of time working on something, and then you're like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's that's no good. But particularly with him, I'm sure. And, he, you know, he had a very, very particular idea of what he wanted and then decided that he was wrong in the end. <laughs> I think that with him, too, it was also the case that things like that could happen closer to the end, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like at any point. Like it might be like literally like one week before they're supposed to unveil it. And he's like, I want the whole thing orange. And then everybody scrambles for 72 hours finding old remotes on eBay and finding an orange and then trying to figure out how to translate the orange from a real rubber button to an on-screen button that's backlit and to have it come across the same way. And then they hook it all up and Steve takes a look at it and says, I hate it. This is terrible. <laughs> I just love it though. It, and, and the thing about Steve Jobs that I love about that story is the phrase, I don't know who invented the phrase, but the, the, the idea of uh, strong opinions loosely held. In other words, mm-hmm. if you're going to have an opinion, be be adamant about it, but also don't be so egotistical as to refuse to change your mind, right? Like that right. was like his unbelievable. Like Tim Cook has said this so so many times and and in so many ways, but his Steve Jobs' ability to change his mind might have been 
the single single most genius thing about about the man. <laughs> like he. <Yeah. laughs> Cause, and I think it was infuriating. It could be at times because I feel like at, at the point where he hates the orange, he's like, who's the moron who spent all this time making this orange? Why did you waste the time? And it was like, oh, uh, that was you. <laughs> well, people and people always wanted to call him a hypocrite, too, like, right. you know, or, 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 you know, contradictory because he would say, you know, that's uh, that's that thing's terrible. Our competitors had that thing. It's awful. And then, you know, three years later, they introduced the same thing. Um. I had the thought too when when these tweets came out and I was rereading them, and I thought, hey, you know what? This is the first time I heard a story about Steve Jobs, and I just my first reaction was laughter and not sadness. And I thought that's you know like (laughs) I like we've kind of crossed. It's been enough time where it's you know sounds morbid, but it's like I already he, he. my my first thought isn't sadness. It's like, of course he's dead already. You know, he's, he's filed away as uh, someone who's no longer with us. Um, I think the chair, the chair thing is sort of the only thing that gives me, you know, a little bit of that feeling just because he was, he was pretty sick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he could not, he couldn't stand for the whole thing. I also, but at the same time, they were also pitching it as a device that where you're just going to be sitting on the couch using this thing. And a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the art that they released was just like people sitting around in the ads or people sitting around with it. Like we, we, I think we joked about this, like, you know, it was in that, you know, for people who wear jeans, it was in that sort of like uh <laughs> fold that is on the front of the jeans when you sit down. Right. <laughs> like, that was the, that was the iPad stand. I, I think it's interesting because he was sick at the time. It was even a little surprising. I think he was actually on a medical leave at the time. And, uh, in 2010 so he he died yeah, I think he, yeah he might not have been like yeah ceo back then he died at that point died in 2011 so he he lived about another year and a half um but he obviously you know in hindsight we now know he wasn't doing well and you know he was very thin and so we all from the outside suspected you know might be what actually happened a recurrence of cancer um and we've heard stories that yes he was he was a physical you know he was because he was frail, um, that he needed to sit. He couldn't stand for a whole keynote. But I think that even if he had been healthy, I think that there still would have been a ch- – they still would have had the chair. I think he still would have demoed the iPad yeah. sitting down. It yeah. just wouldn't have been out of necessity. It would have been, like you said, this is – it's just mm-hmm. the posture to 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 use it. I mean, you can. I mean, I certainly walk around with an iPad a lot. It's, you know – certainly a better device for walking around with than a laptop, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely more of a sit down type thing. Yeah. What a great story. <laughs> Trying to think about what else I have on the old, uh, old agenda. Were, were you at that? Yes, I was there. Okay. And, uh, I started going to the one that I was lucky for was the iPhone, the Macworld Expo, because that was that might have been the first it might have been the first Macworld keynote that I saw in person, like two thousand six or I guess it was two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand seven was right around the time when it was not ridiculous that daring fireballs revenue could justify me buying an airplane ticket across the country. <laughs> you know, so I've, I've I was within you know I I don't think I was at the one a year prior to that. I think I was watching on you know 
So it was pretty cool that, uh, that I got to see that one. But by 2010, I think I was in regular attendance for all of these events. Yeah. Okay. It was weird. It was fun. I do. The thing I remember specifically about it was being in the room and it, there, it, people, it was a, it, a topic of conversation. Do you think Steve Jobs will be here? Do you think he'll be here? Because we knew he was on leave. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't have my hopes up. I thought, you know, I would probably not. Um, but then we came out, it was like a moment in the room, you know, like, cause it was a surprise. Nobody knew if it was going to be Steve or not. And I think he said something to the effect of, Hey, I didn't want to miss this. Uh, you know, Tim's doing a great job running the company. I didn't want to miss this event though. You know, it's like, we were very excited, blah, blah, you know? Yeah. But there was definitely, it was an extra buzz because, you know, people knew. There was a lot of weird, I mean, like a lot of crazy speculation about the device before. I mean, there was a lot of speculation about the iPhone too, but I don't yeah. think, I don't think in the s- same weird way that, that uh, ended up being wrong. <laughs> yeah. Cause there was a lot of emphasis, emphasis placed on publishing mm-hmm. around the yes. iPad and like, is this going to save publishing? Yeah. And it, you know, it certainly didn't. No. Um, and it, I mean, it was, it's a successful it's, device and it's great at many things, but it was not, it was not some sort of uh, godsend to the publishing industry. It's a very Steve Jobs device. I mean, and the backstory is that when he first went on a medical leave in 2009, I think that might have been when he had the liver transplant. Um, but when he came back to work, he was obviously, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's you have to be a doctor to realize that after a liver transplant you may not have the highest energy levels. Yeah. Uh and so he, you know, he had limited time, you know, or limited focus. He couldn't he, you know, he he you know, as you may or may not know, Steve Jobs had his fingers in a lot of the, a lot of the pies <laughs> at Apple. When he came back after his liver transplant, he more or less was like, let's do this tablet thing. Uh, you know, and that was that was his baby. Um Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight, what came out is so, so totally Steve Jobs in some ways more than the iPhone, I think, because I think the iPhone is sort of it's so genius, but it's for everybody, whereas the iPad is a little bit more not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think the fact that we're still debating it, you know, 10 years later, how much, you know, how much work can you do on an iPad and stuff like that? I think it put a lot of it you know, goes back to Steve, but you're exactly right about the publishing. And that was the weird thing about being at the event too, being in the press, because there was this consensus up leading up to the device that this was great. Journalism is in so much trouble, you know, all these people, you know, you know, literally it was, it's, it's the group of people who were there, the media people all thought that this device was going to save their jobs. (laughs) They really did. (laughs) I I mean, that's not an exaggeration. They, it was like, Hey, what they did for the, it's what they did, you know, when the music industry was collapsing under piracy, Apple saved them with the iTunes store. They're going to do that with this. Uh, And then we'll go back to having a safe, secure job for the next 20 years. And then the event came and went and it was, it was really, it was griping people. And they were like, well, wait a minute. And then they're like replaying like the New York Times demo because they did you know, they did have a demo and the New York times is a news publication. Um, but they were, there was so many people talking and they were all like, well, wait, they didn't, there was nothing there about how they're going to make money from this. And it was like, Nope. Yeah. (laughs) That's not their problem. (laughs) 
I mean, it's a nice experience. I mean, I think reading the New York Times on an iPad is a very nice experience. Yes. Uh, in their in their app. And and like kind of the best has the best parts of reading it uh physically uh, as you could do electronically. Have you noticed this more and more? I've noticed that um do you ever do you ever hear of an app called Nuzzle and use I've heard of it. Yeah, it's heard a of it, really I... good app and I almost worry that I like it a lot, and I almost worry that it is, like, in the back of my brain, I've got this idea that I've got a job that can't be replaced by a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Surely my job can't be replaced by a robot. (laughs) And it's like there will be days that go by where everything I posted during Fireball I first became aware of through Nuzzle. Like, basically, you log in with your Twitter (laughs) credentials, and... You're just a glorified nuzzle. Yeah. But it's it's a really clever idea. It's, so you 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 granted access to your Twitter account. Uh, I'm 99% sure that it does not do anything stupid like tweet. Um, I'm using nuzzle. Yeah, Join right, me. Right. Uh, because I, I would certainly have, haven't seen it in your history. If that's right. <laughs> I would have I would have deleted it in anger if, if that had happened. So, you don't know, you know, that's always my concern when you log in with Twitter is I'm always yeah. I'm, and I have no idea. Irrationally afraid of it. I'm irrationally afraid of some service tweeting one tweet from my account. Yeah, that says I, that I, I am, too. But anyway, it just goes through all of, you know your followers, and if enough, you you can adjust the thresholds. But if like three or four of the people you follow all tweet the same URL, it bubbles up in your list, and sometimes you get notifications. And it seems to me like their hit rate on whether I'm actually glad I got the notification or not is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It sounds like something if, if it was done poorly, it would it would be infuriating. But it's done well, and uh, their hit rate on yes, I'm glad that you gave me a notification about this news story is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, the the one the thing that made me think about it was you said the New York Times is a nice app to read. The thing, the downside to Nuzzle is that when you're in the Nuzzle app, they don't use the modern. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the term, but you know how there's like a modern way to put WebKit in an iOS app and then the old oh, yeah. way, like the old way right. is just sort of a dumb web view. And the new one is like, you got like a nice little mini version of Safari. Mm-hmm. And so it has your content blockers and, and et cetera. The nuzzle one is, is just like an old dumb web view. And so I see more online ads than I think I usually do. Cause I, I don't try to block yeah. ads. I just have an odd blocker set up just to get rid of annoying ads. Um, but they've the way that online ads are now is like if you just touch it somehow it instantly takes you to the thing yeah. and they put them at the bottom which is where the sharing control auto hides right so you it's always it's like it's 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 like the world's worst video game trying to tap at the bottom to bring up the sharing button <laughs> but not tap the ad <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really bad at this video game. <laughs> it's like the opposite of those, like tap the monkey. To yes, like... it's the opposite. It is like you <laughs> don't tap the monkey. There are times where it seems to me like I didn't tap near the ad. And yet somehow I, here I am going to this <laughs> stupid ad that I don't want to see. Yeah. I'm sure the touch target is like <laughs> way beyond. Yeah. 
question. I find that because it, it, it all this all came into my mind when you said it's uh, you like reading the New York Times and, and the app, and I do too. And I find sometimes on their website now, especially on the phone, they have too many things in the middle of an article, be they ads or like call outs to other related news stories. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I, I, I just want to keep reading, right? I'm reading the story. I'm engaged. I, it's, this is an interesting story. And now I've got to scroll past all of this stuff and figure out where, where to rejoin the story. And I, I feel like their app is better at that than their website. Yeah. Uh, do and pay- I, I actually I, I canceled my subscription a few weeks ago. So I was just, just about to ask. Yeah, because I got mad at them. But <laughs> <laughs> well, how was it as nightmarish as people say? The, the 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 downside to the New York Times is uh, do they have an iTunes version or can you only subscribe through their website? Uh, you can, well or call? Yeah, you can subscribe to the website or call. I don't. Th- I'm pretty, almost positive you cannot subscribe through iTunes. Right. Although I so, don't. The New York Times has a new. They make it very easy to sign up, and they make it apparently very, very hard. (laughs) Was it Comcast? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Was it hard? You had to. You have to call. So the the trick is that you. So yeah, I mean, they they say that you you have to call them, um, and then you know be berated by somebody um, to you know like trying to cajole you into into staying on as a subscriber, Uh, but you can also do it through uh, web chat. Ah. is that what you site. did? So I did it. I did it that way, and and you still get you still get them. They still try and you know they offer you. They apologize profusely over you know like maybe you've misunderstood what, what you read about the you know the nice Nazi gentleman, um, <laughs> but uh, you know here's you know like how about if we give you like a year of like you know at a reduced rate or something like that? I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's one nazi too many even I, one is one too many <laughs> did you watch the uh the state of the union last no. night old, old trumpy i try I, 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 I there is not enough liquor in the house for me to do that and there's a lot of liquor in this house <laughs> uh i missed it live i was uh traveling and you i came it? i tivoed it i had amy oh, tivo no. it i requested that she tivo oh, it oh god um I opened up TiVo and cracked open a beer and <laughs> just I started, a beer? I started just a beer and wow. I started watching and, uh, I was okay with the, the, the <laughs> five minutes later, you're shaking a martini. I, I was okay with the opening <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, uh, I'm, I don't, I don't like the guy. I, I didn't like George W. Bush either. And, but I always watched George W. I always watched the state of the union. I feel like it's something, you know, this, civic responsibility. Yeah. Civic responsibility. Yeah. And when George W. Bush would get up there and Dick Cheney's behind him because the vice president sits behind him, uh, I would think I don't like these guys, but <laughs> I would, I thought to myself, that's, this is the nature of a democracy though. I've, I've you know, yeah. I've, I've got yeah. decades ahead and there will be times when there's a president that, who I like and respect, and there will be presidents who I disagree with. And that's just the way it goes. So I was okay with that part of it. Like, I don't like Trump. I, I don't like Mike Pence. <laughs> I think he's really weird. I think they're doing some <laughs> bad things, but the, the whole intro part, you know, like here he is the president of the United States and he comes in and people are clapping and he's soaking it up, but then he starts talking <laughs> <laughs> and then he opened his mouth. 
he he did this thing. Amy, Amy was already asleep, but she watched some of it live, and she had to stop too. I I I don't know how far I got into. it. I think I got about twenty minutes. And I had to turn it off, and it was yeah. it was either that or yeah. like you said, go make a martini. Yeah, I watched, I, I, Bush used to make me angry too, but I I did watch a few of of his at the at least, and I would you know like yell at the television and stuff like that. But I could I could watch him. The, um, the thing but that I can't I the can't, thing that, I can't even listen to him. The thing that got me and Amy noted the same thing. And she's like, did you notice the thing where he he he'd say something and it would be an applause line for like the Republicans in the audience and they they would break into the speech with applause. Uh, and when that would happen, he would back away from the podium and clap himself. <laughs> and you can just imagine the way, you know, like the, the Trumpy way that he like kind of takes two steps back and, uh-huh. and then gets a smirk on his face and he starts clapping for himself. He clapped in his own speech. Like that. I couldn't take it. I, I had to, I had to shut it off. Yeah. It, it was just, it was torture. Yeah, I really. <laughs> and the other thing that got me was it was it was a bizarre combination of th- he would say things that it's clearly not that's not what you're doing. You're you're <laughs> you I don't know. You say you're protecting the environment. You're not actually actually you're the EPA chief is actually like <laughs> ripping out regulations to keep water clean. You're yeah. not doing you're it. selling off public, you know, vast swaths of public land for right. development. You're saying that you're doing this great work for the public land and the environment, and you're actually doing the opposite. And that made, I, I couldn't take it. And then the other thing is that he would say things that it's like, yes, that's exactly why I hate you. <laughs> 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 like he was very clear about, uh, non-white people, not, not being welcome. Like he had, that's just the part where I had to, I had to shut it off. It was talking about immigration and, and he says something like, uh, this is for citizens, but he's complaining about the fact that immigrants, citizens of the United States who are immigrants from other countries are allowed to bring family members over. <laughs> he's like, yeah. they're bringing over all of these people, but these are any, 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 you know, he lied too because right. he was, he uh, expanded the list of people that you're allowed to bring over. And this is, a, there's another, there's a great Twitter exchange mm. about this today. Like there's a woman who said that he, he lied and, so, and you know, like, cause that's not true that these are all these other, you know, like these more diff- distant relatives are, you're allowed to bring in. Um, and some, somebody actually actually heard her actually at heard <laughs> i can't say that right obviously um and uh, she just replied i'm a fucking immigration lawyer <laughs> oh my god that's so great <laughs> well but do you really do what do you really know about immigration yeah right right Man. Clearly you know nothing about this says, <laughs> says guy with 18 followers on twitter right actually <laughs> oh my god all right let me take a break here and thank our uh, our last remaining sponsor of the show our very good friends at fracture down in uh, beautiful gainesville florida fracture makes thoughtful unique gifts the pictures you can buy them for yourself give yourself a gift you give them your pictures they print them on glass directly onto the glass, not like a piece of paper that is glued to glass. They've got, I don't know, some kind of proprietary factory down there. And somehow they print directly on glass. And the effect is amazing. You're going to get these. You're going to hang them up. Because they're right on the glass, they're edge to edge. There is no frame, no border, no bezel around it. It's just edge to edge pictures. 
any size you can imagine, small, medium, very large. The big ones are really big. Um, if you don't have fractures already in your house, you should. And when you get them, people will come into your house and they will comment on the picture and they'll say, well, how did you do that? And you'll say, that's a company called Fracture. Now, whoever this person is probably doesn't listen to podcasts, but these people <laughs> will come into your house. They will. Your house is the first time they've been out. They will comment on it and you will tell them this is Fracture and they will say, wow. And then they will go to Fracture and they will become customers. You, you will become a, a Fracture pitch person as well. I'm telling you, it, it happens because these things are striking and they're, people notice them. They're really, really great. Um, ordering is simple. They come in the packaging. It's all very clever. It comes ready to display right out of the box. You don't have to do anything. It's they even have like the wall hanger thing. I guess if you're you know, going to put it on a wall, the only thing you have to do is, uh, you know, like knock a nail into the wall or whatever. Um, it's a green company. Their, their uh, factory is carbon neutral, so you can feel good about that. Where do you go? Where is the place where you can go to get one? And where do you tell people go when they come in your house and then they want to know how they get them too? You go to fracture.me. That's their website. Fracture, just like the word fracture, dot me. And if you can remember this exclusive code, TALK15, T-A-L-K-1-5, you will save 15% off your first fracture order. Um, and when you do sign up, you can, uh, they have a one question survey, which is where'd you hear about the show? And, and when you tell them you heard about it here, it'll help them know that their, uh, sponsorship money is well spent. So my thanks to fracture. Oh, anything else? What else is going on? Yeah. How about the Super Bowl? You excited about the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, <laughs> It is a weird, it's weird being a non-Eagles fan in Philadelphia with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, it, the city is nuts and deserves Oh, I so. would imagine. Because uh, Philadelphia is sort of a long-suffering town. The, the, I think the last big team championship was the Phillies in 2008. And then prior to that, uh, I swear to God, I think it was, uh, I'm not making this up, I think it was the 1983 Sixers. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> quite a long stretch there. Whereas when I was a kid, Philly was like championship city. The Flyers won in 77. The Phillies won in 80. The Sixers were fantastic every year uh, and won in 83. And then they had this long stretch. And now, and the Eagles have never won a Super Bowl. They've won what the weird thing about the Super Bowl is that it, it, they only started calling it the Super Bowl 52 years ago. Prior to that, it was just the NFL championship game. So the Eagles won that at some point in the 60s, but the 60s is a long time ago. A bit. <laughs> and the Patriots, I think the Patriots have won once or tw at, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't so, know. <laughs> so there's a, a very interesting, you know, Boston and Philly are good natural rival towns. It's not quite up to the level of like New York and Philly. New York and Philly was pretty, is pretty, always pretty exciting. Uh, but Boston's pretty good. And, um, uh, I, it's such a strange mixture of one team that is literally there every single year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, and yeah, I mean, and now you. I mean, what's funny is like I think for some reason Hank has latched onto the Patriots, huh. and I don't. I don't. I think maybe it's because um, his cousin, who he loves, uh, my brother lives in Vermont, and um, he 
uh, so my nephew tends to like Boston area teams. So he's a big Red Sox fan. And, um, and I don't, I don't know if he's like much of a Patriots fan, frankly, though. Um, but I think maybe Hank has like, uh, got the, gotten the idea that he is. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's, a, it's just like, he knows that it's something that makes people mad. <laughs> so, so he likes to say, you know, like, boy, I hope the Patriots be, beat so, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's rooting for the, he's rooting for the Patriots, which is, you know, I think clearly the wrong team to root for, but <laughs> it's a good feeling. I, my, my beloved Dallas Cowboys used to be that team, you know, in the nineties, they were un, almost unbeatable. The only team that could beat them was the San Francisco 49ers. And then whichever, there was like a five year run in there where whoever won the NFC championship between San Fran and Dallas would then go on to steamroll <laughs> the Buffalo yeah. Bills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it's such a strange dichotomy though. The Eagles fans are so desperate for a championship. And, and I honestly, I, I, it's a football town. I think of all the teams in Philly, the one that has the most fans is the Eagles. Uh, people are nuts for the Eagles here. They're in particularly nuts for this team, right? Any Eagles team that was going to Super Bowl would be popular, but they really, there seem to be some characters on this team that really the, the city just loves. Um, yeah. I forget there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of Eagles fans in New Jersey too. Oh, tons, tons. I mean, like I would think that they're more. I don't know the demographics, but I would think there are more Eagles fans in New Jersey than there are like Giants fans. Uh, it's you know, it's exactly what you think geographically. You know, there's parts okay, of so just you further know, north is yeah, you know, further north yeah. of New Jersey is you know, it, it's like which networks do you get? Do you get do you get yeah. New York channels or Philly channels? <laughs> the, the lousy parts of New Jersey for, for the Giants, <laughs> and the, the good parts are for the Eagles. Uh, I forget his first name, but it's you know you know Howie Long, the TV announcer. He used to used to, when we were kids, he was a uh, all pro on the Raiders. Yeah. His son is on the team. I think he's Chris Long. Um, I think that's his name. But he donated his uh, his whole salary to like schools. He's you know like in the tenth year of his career, and he's you know he's like I've made tons of mm-hmm. money playing football, so here I'll just give my money. Only like, donate my whole salary this year to like schools. <laughs> Like people love this guy, of course, right? I mean, that's amazing. What a what a pretty yeah. cool thing to do. Uh, so anyway, I, I I fear for the soul of this city if they if they lose. <laughs> In the property, I don't think. If, see, if the, the property I, if they win, I think that it might. I, I think it, the property might be more of a problem if they win. I think that yeah. if they lose, people are just it's going to just crush their. They won't have the the spirit to go riot. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually gonna, yeah usually I mean the the one the one. Uh, counter example I can think of that rule is is uh, Vancouver right Van- didn't Vancouver lost the oh yeah yeah championship yes. and like trashed the place yeah really to really trash the place I mean yeah. like like wow I mean like like calling it a riot <laughs> was not an exaggeration <laughs> that was bad news I mean and I don't get I don't I don't I don't sanction either one really but. When I kind of under, I feel like I understand the winning thing a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. Which doesn't, I don't. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Did you see the thing where they have to, uh, they have to grease the poles here in Philly? Yes, the Crisco <laughs> cops. <laughs> it's, it's Syracuse would know. It's like an Italian thing. Uh, it, you know, it comes from South Philly, and in Italy, they. Uh, <laughs> there's like a tradition of uh, like on like a, a like if there's like a. a some holiday, you know, and there's it, in Italy, there's, you know, like in the Godfather, there's going to be a singing and dancing and a parade. And, um, and one of the traditional contests is like, uh, climbing up a greased pole. 
Like how who can climb to the top of a greased pole? <laughs> so the fact that the cops are are greasing the poles, that's not really stopping anybody. Like they, <laughs> I think I'm stealing it's Paul Kafasis. challenge. <laughs> Paul, Paul Kafasis tweeted me like a thing about how that it's like a tradition in in South Philly Italian festivals to climb a greased pole. He's like they train for this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck with that. Uh, I remember when the Phillies won in 2008, I went out and um, the big street here is Broad Street where people go to to celebrate. And there was a, a young man who was at the top of a light pole. Um, and there was a cop standing at the foot of the base, a woman. And I said to her, I said, are you just waiting for him to come down so you can write him a ticket? And she goes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and you're just going to wait? And she's like, yep. I told him not to go up. She was like, I gave him a chance. And he. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I've got a theory. Here's my theory. My, 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 are you going to watch the game? Do you watch the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, we'll probably, yeah, we usually, we usually watch, um, just because, yeah, um, it's just, and, uh, yeah, so we may actually go over to Karen's parents' hmm. house, um, or their apartment and watch with them. Here's my theory. I come up with a theory about why the Patriots will lose every year and I'm often wrong, much to the detriment of, <laughs> of my wagering, but I've got that's it. Why I, to, that's why he had to go to the, uh, the bank, right? Uh, that's why I had to go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've got this one figured out. We'll see how this stands up. But here's my theory, John. My theory is that I salute the Patriots for being very good every year. And and that's hard to do in any sport. And it's particularly hard in the NFL. The NFL is a sport, even if you're not a fan, it, it it's a sport where teams come out of nowhere. Like in a team that was good last year might not be good this year. It just one year to the next, you know, the Eagles were, were like seven and nine last year. This year they were 13 and three. They're heading to the Super Bowl. It happens all the time. Somehow the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady, they're God damn it, they're good every year. So I salute them for that. It is it, it, no other team has a, a stretch like they've had in the last fifteen years. But I my theory is that the price of being very good every year means that they are never great. Because to be great you have to load up for one year. And then you mm -hmm. you know you lose the guys the next year. I looked up their their the Belichick Brady teams like the the final score of their Super Bowls win or lose it's like three three four three point two three point losses to the Giants a four point win every game is three or four points it's always close they never have one of those teams that that, that loads up and you know wins fifty five to ten mm -hmm. or something like that. So that's my my theory is that they're always so in you, close you're going to you're going to try and beat the spread is that what well the Eagles are getting four and a half points so I think I think it's just, I think it's a sound financial investment uh, <laughs> to wager on the on the Eagles and even if you think even if you think ah I can, you can't bet on the Eagles because somehow some way Belichick and Brady those two evil geniuses are going to find a way to win you might be right but they'll find a way to win by like three points right so that's my right. famous last yeah. words. So. Okay. All right. I'll uh, we'll look for, forward to that with interest. So let's see, how that, <laughs> let's see how that works out for you. Uh, John Moltz, thank you so much for, for being on the <laughs> thank show. Thank you. And, and good luck this Sunday. <laughs> Everybody can get all the Moltz they want at, uh, what well, you got the turn this car around? Turning this car around and the rebound uh, and Moltz at Twitter. Moltz. Good old Moltz. <laughs>